you got over there? Oh, spam. I didn't have to say it. You smelled it. I was trying to hide it. No, it's, it has such a strong aroma. It really does. Yeah. going on guys this is a distant grapples tapples the podcast that talks about everything and i do mean everything from professional wrestling to beard upkeep during this covid19 <laughs> crisis how can one keep up their very luscious beard me myself shades the prophet oh, God. is trying to how dare you do not interrupt <laughs> the prophet is trying to upkeep his very minimal, very uh, infantile beard <laughs> with the essential oils as avocado oil and your vitamin E's. And of course, you need a scent to have on your face because you don't want to be smelling just a thousand oils. So I, I, I go with the peppermint. I have also a jasmine oil. But you know what? I want to know what Will the Thrill uses for his beard upkeep. I oh, can't... wait. He don't got a beard. Was, it, was that this whole point of this whole intro was just a rub in the fact that I can't grow a beard? Is that what this was? Absolutely, Lulee. Disrespect. The utmost disrespect. You are listening to us on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples to Apple. Grapples the number two. Apples, if you don't like SoundCloud, we got that Apple Podcast or that Google Play Music. Doesn't matter where you're listening, as long as you are listening. For the first time in a long time, I'm doing the intros. It is the very sensual, the very good, Mr. Sunglasses at Night at the Sexual Palace himself, your boy, <laughs> the Prophet. Shut your hole. Join, thank God, distantly, <laughs> social distancing at the most right now, because I want to slap his face <laughs> off his face. Ill will the thrill, the poetarian, Shakespearean candidate, major English, whatever you need me to be, that's what I be, because baby, that's who I is. Thrill. Yes, sir. I, I, I gotta lay something on you, baby. Okay. I, 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 I'm sad. Why? Well, this is what, the third week in a row, maybe the fourth or fifth episode we've done with the whole social distancing thing. Yeah. When I see you, and we, we do this podcast face-to-face again, <laughs> it's going to be on video. I don't care how grainy the video is, I'm going to plant one right on your lips. Because I miss you, baby. Oh, man. Like, that'd be the most action I've gotten in three years. That's all right. That's all right. We have absolutely, almost absolutely no WWE news. We have some WWE news, and we're kind of changing the format today. Because, guess what? Our podcast, we can do whatever the hell we want on it. That's right. So, so you either listen, or you don't. But I'm no, 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 guaranteeing no, no, you, listen, you guys. You listen. You, no, no, no. There's no, you do or you don't. Listen, don't listen to this fool. You listen. You listen because you love us, and you listen some more. Well, you listen because we're entertaining as hell. That's right. 
and you love your boy Shades, and you love your poetarian, Mr. Thrill over there. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Thrill. Senor. Before, before you get us into that very minimal non-WWE <laughs> news, let's ring that bell. So, as Shade said, there's not much going on in the world of professional wrestling outside of WWE. Again, we're still in a COVID-19 world. So, everyone who's not one of the majors, WWE, uh, AEW, other than those two guys, everyone's pretty much on hiatus right now. However, reports indicate that Impact Wrestling will be recording months worth of, or at least weeks worth, I think it was months worth, of material over the next week or so in a Nashville studio. So that way they can continue to put stuff on TV and run a pay-per-view, which they're supposed to be running Rebellion soon. Don't know how that's going to work out. Um, So they are still trying to do stuff. New Japan continues to cancel shows, including uh, Wrestling Dantaku has been been canceled. Um, They've announced the, the ticket sales for their MSG show for next month. I don't know why they're announcing ticket sales for stuff that we don't know is going to happen, but it is what it is. Well, there's hopes that uh, the COVID-19 thing blows over in the the major cities in America by mid to late summer. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, you told me that the New Japan show is going to be actually on Shades' 30th birthday. That is correct. It is scheduled for August 23rd. So... I mean, yeah, why not put the tickets on sale? But, I mean, this 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 whole pandemic thing is something that you nor I have seen in our lifetime. No. Where, where we're, we're basically grounded for the first two months of, uh, I would say two out of the three months of the new year, and we're in April already. Yeah. Uh, we saw an empty arena for, for WrestleMania. We haven't seen any other pay-per-view after that. We've had empty shows for AEW Dynamite. We've seen eight, uh, empty shows for WWE shows. Like, is it a little irresponsible to schedule or, or, or schedule like a ticket sale, uh, especially in in this like pandemic where not many, at least I would hope, not many people are trying to, to spend their money on a wrestling show and instead are saving their money for a bill because bills are still coming in their rent some food something like that i I, for me i think that uh new japan this is this is a little insensitive so that's my feeling as well so i enjoy the fact and i'm happy that wwe and AEW are doing their best to put on entertainment for us in these times but these are empty arena shows no one's spending money I already have two tickets for two separate events that are in limbo because of this. And then I have four other tickets that... Wait, hold the, hold, hold the phone. Are we talking about the Ranger game and Dynamite that we yeah. were supposed to be at? Or are you yeah. talking about like concerts that you... No, no, I'm, ta- I'm talking about the Rangers game and Dynamite that we were supposed to go to. Both of those shows mm-hmm. are both in limbo okay. because they're rescheduled for the rescheduling. So, like, in theory, I have those tickets... The money's not going to go to waste, but it's all in theory because we're still in this, like, the NHL season might get canceled altogether, so then that ticket goes out the window. You know, yeah. Dynamite, AW may not be ready 
to resume by July. So then that might go out the window. So I already have those two tickets in limbo. And then I have four more tickets that I have concerts throughout the summer. Who knows what's going to happen with them? So now, what, next month I got to go put money down on another ticket that may or may not be of use to me? Yeah. You know, it's it's like, I understand that they're expecting for the show to go on in August 23rd, and so you want to give fans a chance to go out and get their tickets so that it's an all-not last minute. But, like, dude, this we're still, so many of us are not working. Um Yes, but and yet still we have landlords and bill collectors and everyone still wants their money. So mm-hmm. you're telling me that next month I got to decide whether or not I want to go to the show and or make sure I have money for when the world resumes. Like it doesn't make any sense. But I mean, again, like I said, there, there's August is still four months away. Yeah, you know. There's talked about this COVID nineteen thing not even blowing over for for eighteen eighteen months eighteen right. months we're talking about a year and a half here yeah excuse me um I I don't think I don't think this is smart for New Japan I agree because if 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 we're still dealing with COVID nineteen even late into the summer then you're just going to have to refund. Mm-hmm. all your fans again mm-hmm. what's the point of that like mm-hmm. you, you're, you're gaining all this money to what just give it all back that's what i'm it, saying it doesn't make any sense it sucks it sucks and it really it's putting me in a spot because the, like as soon as they announced we're coming back to msg i was like oh okay take my money but now it's just like wait now i gotta figure this out and it's not fair it sucks you know yeah but you know, what can you do? Again, I, I'm. they're assuming the show's going to go on. And the last thing you want is for the world to be cleared on August 15th, and then you have the show going on August 23rd. And then people don't have time to buy tickets, and then you're running a show with the half-full arena. I mean, I'm sure that if this, hypothetically, if this thing blew over August 15th, that show would sell out in minutes. But would it? Just because it's... Absolutely, because it's the first wrestling event that we can attend. But will people be able to afford it? Because if the world yeah, resumes on August story. 15th, on August 16th, every cable bill, electric bill, cell phone bill, landlord, everyone's going to come knocking on doors. Hey, where's my money at? People, uh, people are willing to... to to go into debt or go for broke just for the, the sheer fact of no, uh, normality, if yeah. that's even a word. Yeah. Um, something as, as as simple as going to a wrestling show and being entertained for three or four hours yeah. is major, especially sure. because in this time that we're living, I mean, uh, Amanda and I, you know, we, we discuss with each other every freaking day, like, man... We've been going on dates every week since the new year started, you know, and we found a love for crab and king crab and lobster, and we can't do any of the things that we enjoy doing. Bro, could you sound more pretentious right now? The crab and lobster. I'm not trying to, but it's, it's, you know as, not Will the Thrill, but William, what Jeremy and Amanda, like, 
like this means a lot to our relationship yeah, you know no. not shades in amanda so for me it's just like covid19 is not I, I understand people like like are dying and stuff like that but everyday life has changed every absolutely every supermarket i have driven by mm-hmm. has a line wrapping around the corner because people are trying to get you know milk or eggs or rice or bread whatever they need it, it's it's something that like we're not accustomed to yeah and and once all this blows over, all this bs blows over you know People are going to rush. People yeah. have the money left over. The first you know, few weeks work, after work this the books Or like essential workers, they're going to rush to buy tickets to, to take a vacation or oh, or yeah. get a massage or yep. this or that. Yep. You know, like, yep. like it, that's important for them. The first it's two weeks post-COVID is going to be nuts. There's going to be so much money spent in those first two weeks. Every spot is going to be packed to the gills, reservations. Clubs are going to be jam-packed. I'm t- the first two weeks of COVID are going to be, uh, post-COVID, are going to be insane. Yeah, Maybe absolutely. even the first month. Maybe even the first month post-COVID is going to be Maybe the good. first two months, because it's... It, let's say this does all blow over by by mid-August. That's, that's a, still two weeks of summer left before school. That means that People those two weeks their is going to be... Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let, let's, let's move past this, because we can talk about COVID-19 all, all freaking night. Well, so then the last bit of non-WWE news is Ring of Honor is throwing some money at some people because Angelina Love signed herself a brand new contract to stick around with Ring of Honor. Uh, <laughs> I never really liked Angelina Love as... um. As a wrestler or a heel when she was an impact, mm-hmm. as the uh, the beautiful people with Velvet um, Velvet Sky, mm-hmm. but um, she is a big name. I don't think that WWE would sign her. Uh, I don't think that Impact would sign her. Um, not Impact. Um, AEW. And you know, what? Impact also. I don't think Impact or AEW would sign her. So good for Angelina Love to secure her bag with uh, ROH mm-hmm. and. Hopefully, this means that they're going to bolster their uh, Women of Honor division. I mean, their what? Their Women of Honor division. <laughs> their what? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not really an Angelina Love fan. Never was. I don't really care. Um, but, <clears> hey, <throat> good for her. Make that money. Do your thing. Yeah. For me, she always looked like an adult actress. Yeah, agree, agreed, agreed, one hundred percent agreed. So from from one uh, signing to a not a current signing, but a current WWE Women's Division wrestler, and she had a quite a lot to say on her interview on the Steve O podcast called "The Wild Ride with Steve O." Ronda Rousey says that if she does come back to WWE, she will not be coming back at a full-time capacity because the fans are, quote-unquote, effing ungrateful. Now, here's an actual quote from the podcast. She says, what I'm doing it for, if not, if I'm not, hold on, let me take my glasses off. 
what am I doing it for if I'm not able to spend time with my time and energy on uh, my family? I'm being able, I'm trying to be with my family. It's like if I'm going to spend my time and energy on a bunch of effing ungrateful fans that don't even appreciate. So basically, uh, Thrill and I were discussing this off air, and I like to discuss this on air now. Will thinks that she's trying to generate heel heat. This is all work, baby. I I, I don't think so because it's like Steve O's not a, a a wrestling podcast. He's never. All the if more I'm not mistaken, he's. But 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 what what benefit that does for her? I mean, yeah, you know, turning the fans against like, the fans were really turned against her regardless going into WrestleMania last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but fans don't care about her now. You know, she's been out of the out of the the WWE light for an entire year. Mm-hmm. She wasn't, she, although she was improving as a an in-ring performer, she was still pretty bad as a performer. I, I, I don't mind her not coming back at all. I mean, look, I don't necessarily mind her not coming back. You're a little biased because you were never a Ronda Rousey fan to begin with. But okay. She does bring in a certain level of casual fans. Yes, you know, because she's a big name. Right, exactly. People care, you know? And so when you have her on the Steve-O podcast, Steve-O was not a wrestler. Steve-O did one segment with the WWE. They did not like it because he did not know how to sell Umaga's stuff well. So he's not exactly a part of the WWE family. He's, there's no reason for her to shoot with Steve-O because shooting is best served when you're shooting to a community or an environment that's going to eat it up. <clears throat> so when you're going on daytime TV or radio or a podcast of a, of a casual that has a casual audience, your job is to work. Your job is to put over the product. So if when she was on her way out, she was already doing the heel-ish stuff. She was already saying that fans don't appreciate her, blah, blah, blah. You pick that up, you remind the fans where she was when she left, and then when she comes back, this is just more fuel to the fire for those who listen to this, for those who know that this happened. It doesn't like what it doesn't serve her anything to shoot on the Steve O podcast. If she was on the if she was on the, the Stone Cold podcast or Talk is Jericho or even Vince Russo's podcast, and she's fine. That's probably a shoot. That makes sense. That's where the wrestling fans are. That's where you're going to, you know, that's where that needs to be. But Steve-O, or, you know, if she was on, like, I don't know, Hot Ones, then, like, yeah, you're going to work because you're working. I I understand where you're coming from. Don't get me wrong. But for me, I'm just like, she's not a veteran of of the game. You know, she's not a veteran of, of... being able to one control promos or uh, deliver her own promos. So why would she even cut a, a a a heel type promo on a podcast that maybe no wrestling fan is listening to? You know, 
like, where, where, that doesn't benefit. I mean, yeah, I got us talking and stuff like that. And I think this is reported by, um, uh, what's, uh, PWI? Or okay. PW, well, For wrestling uh, Yeah. Okay. So, it, it, it has them talking, like, oh, maybe Ronda Rousey's, uh, done with the business. Maybe, maybe Ronda Rousey comes back as a heel. For me, Ronda Rousey can stay where Ronda Rousey is. Shayna Baszler is head and shoulders better than you in the ring, better mm-hmm. than you on the mic. Mm-hmm. The only problem that, that Baszler had um, between Baszler and, and, and Ronda is... She likes a star power. Ronda is a household name yeah. outside of the WWE, yeah. and Shayna Baszler had a mediocre MMA career, Correct. you know? So th- that's the only difference. Um, but... Uh, other than that, Ronda Rousey can stay home. She's not. Go ahead. As Shivani said during the whole Mick Foley match, uh, she's not, in my opinion, she's not really putting butts in the seats. You know. Yeah. Um, she was being booed when she was on TV. Uh, she was being booed at WrestleMania. Uh, people were happy. Because ba- um, excuse me, not Bailey. Uh, uh, Becky Lynch was more over. She was more organic. Mm-hmm. She she spoke better. Mm-hmm. So of course, people were were more. People turned on her. Yeah. Also, her facade like it was a facade. Like everything that she said seemed fake. Uh, yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. So I I, I mean I I'm happy. Like, listen, stay away. Screw you. Stay away. I don't care. The problem that I think Ronda ran into is that she didn't know which character to play when. Because she'd come out and be the whole smiley, I'm so happy to be here, Ronda. Which I understand, because she said that she grew up as a fan of wrestling, so she's out there, she's happy to be there. But then she'd want to be this Terminator. And it's just like, you gotta pick. You, you can't come out here, you know, cheesing... And then the next second you're going to be the Terminator. Like, uh, that doesn't really work. And then she was bitter. And then she was happy. And then, like, she needed character direction. And she didn't have that. Because, let's be real. She's not bad in the ring for someone who had only been training for a year. Like... Yeah, I mean, she had she had a, a good um, package to her, 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 her act. Mm-hmm. Ronda would have definitely uh, benefited from being on NXT as opposed to being just straight up to the main roster. Too big of a name. Too big of a name. Not going to happen. Yeah, we've spoken about this in length. Yeah. But she would have definitely benefited from being in NXT for for, uh, learning how to to, to do mic work or in-ring work or something like that. Her being in NXT and her dominating NXT would have helped her grow as a wrestler and it would have incorporated one it would have brought more eyes to nxt so that way in the future when you know you had your whole aew versus nxt thing they wouldn't get killed in the ratings ronda rousey would would bring some more legitimacy to nxt and bring the casual wwe fan who watches raw and smackdown but doesn't really watch nxt to nxt you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. I just think it's so much simpler than that. I think if she came out 
and her direction was clear from the beginning. Okay, Rhonda, you're coming out. You're a badass. You just finished dominating UFC. You want a new challenge. You're here to run roughshod on these chicks, and that's it. Walk in, say a two-second piece, beat somebody up, walk out. I think if she had a clear direction like that, she would have gotten over so much better. Because then in the interim, off TV, she could have been practicing her promos. Where she could have just walked in, grabbed the mic, said, I finished dominating UFC, I'm here to dominate WWE. And then hit her finishing move on whoever is the top of the heap at the time. Alexa Bliss, whoever it was. No, I thought at that time it had to be somebody like Ember Moon. Because um, Shayna beat Ember for the belt, so it had to be like... No, I'm talking about WWE. Uh, I'm talking about main roster. Didn't she uh, take okay. it off of Alexa Bliss? Yes. Right. So she walks in, says her two-piece to Alexa Bliss, hits her with that... that Angle slam, F5, finishing moon, everything that she used to do, that spinning thing, walk out, boom. We now know Ronda Rousey's here, we know she's here to kick butt, she's, you know, playing off of the MMA thing, but not so much as Brock Lesnar, and here we are. And I think that would have been a lot simpler than her coming out and cheesing and and doing these promos that she couldn't cut because she's not used to cutting promos because she grew up with this speech impediment. So why would you give this woman a microphone? You know, it's just... There were ways to make Ronda Rousey work, and they did everything but that. I mean, but that's that's WWE. Yeah. It's, hey, you're a legitimate, uh, you know, badass woman in uh, the UFC prior to being here. Let's capitalize off of that. Yeah. And that's it. Yep. But whatever. I mean, look at when I, when we went to Evolution, she wasn't even the most over person there. It was all about Nikki Bella, unfortunately. That crowd was Nikki Bella or Die and then like Ronda, Becky and Charlotte. So. I don't remember Ronda being at uh, Evolution. Yeah, she um she fought Nikki Bella. Yeah? Yeah, it was her versus Nikki for the Raw Women's Championship. And this is in 2019? Or 2018? Uh, Twenty eighteen? There was only there was only one evolution, right? Yeah. In twenty eighteen. Yeah. That's all. Correct. I, I don't I don't remember Rhonda being there, if I'm being hundred percent honest with you, but then she it kinda makes sense. She was in the center of the poster. It was all about her, Are you kidding me? It was like it was in October yeah, you're right. It was in uh, she's in the center. It was in October. Because um, that was the main event after the Becky and Charlotte fantastic last woman standing match. And everyone was just like, yeah, don't really care. Yeah, Ronda Rousey defeats Nikki Bella by submission for yep. the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Yep, I remember. I was there. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're show. absolutely right. My apologies. I don't, I don't understand why they didn't run another revolution. The show was so good. Uh, anyway, so so from one woman's evolution to another, mm. there is a uh, rumor. It's almost a hundred percent confirmed that Rhea Ripley dropped the belt, the NXT Women's Championship, to Charlotte at WrestleMania because her work visa ended, so she can no longer uh, defend the NXT Women's Championship. She had to go back to Australia. Uh, so, to simplify things, 
she drops the belt to Charlotte. Charlotte, who is also American, can carry on the mantle right now and uh, keep uh, the belt in some uh, relevance. Uh, after watching WrestleMania and getting over the whole fact that Charlotte is not for the for lack of a better term, um, burying younger talent to further her career. Um, I'm I'm more okay with Charlotte winning the belt now, knowing that uh, Rhea's work visa expired. So, hold on. According, because I thought I heard about this, but Rhea Ripley posted that she posted a video saying that she's still in the U.S. and that she does not know where these reports come from, that she is still in the U.S., um, and that because of COVID, she wouldn't be able to go back to Australia even if she wanted to. See, that's something that I thought of, because it was like, they've suspended like almost 100% of the air travel. So even if Rhea's work visa ended, they're not flying her back to Australia. So, like, where do these, where do these reports come from? I have no idea. But, I, but for me, it's something that like eases the tension between me and Charlotte. Where it's like, yeah, all right, it kind of makes sense. Like, sure, you know, like, wh- why not do it that way? Mm-hmm. But for me, it was like, if if you're going to do that. I, I get it that they couldn't do a takeover, but have Rhea drop the belt to anybody, you know? I mean, Io Shirai won the uh, the six-woman ladder match on NXT this week. Mm-hmm. Have, her, have, her, have her ladder match, like, two weeks prior to WrestleMania. Have Io beat um, Rhea the week, you know, the week of WrestleMania. And then have Io versus Charlotte, where at least Rhea, who... I mean, Io has upside, don't get me wrong, but... Uh, uh, Rhea Ripley can be the face of the the women's division post the four horsewomen of the apocalypse. Uh, Absolutely, four horsewomen of the yeah. apocalypse. <laughs> this is not the X Men. <laughs> I, I was like, I have X Men on my brain. The four horsewomen of wrestling, you know, um, yeah. like post Becky, Charlotte, Bailey, um, uh, Sasha. Yeah, she can definitely Rhea, be. Rhea can Rhea can carry the division. Also, you know, I mean, she's yeah. a former NXT uh, UK. She's the first NXT UK Women's Champion, Ooh. former NXT um, Women's Champion. She, she's she's definitely going to be a, a future Raw Women's Champion or a SmackDown Women's Champion or a Tag Team Champion. She has so. all the tools. Yeah, all the tools. The only thing that's holding her back. Unfortunately, is I don't think that Vince likes her her aesthetic visually. You know what though? If she gets over enough, he won't be able to say anything about it. Yeah, because ultimately he cares about dollar signs. Exactly. So, little clarity according to Cultaholic's website, uh, Rhea Ripley has told Fox Sports that she is currently in the United States, will be heading back to her home country. After the pandemic passes, because her work visa will be expiring in the next couple of weeks. Mm, so it's not expired yet. And it's not expired yet, but it's expiring <laughs> soon. So that might be why they pulled the, t- the belt off of her. Because they might be thinking, okay, as soon as this passes, she's got to go. Let's just do this now and cover our behinds now. Yeah. 
But still, just to clarify, she is still in the United States. Her visa is expiring soon, but has not expired yet. Okay. I, I, I can I can accept that. Yeah. Uh, what WWE can't accept, though, is the Royal Farms Arena in Baltimore, Maryland, the site of Money in the Bank 2020. Man, you've just been killing it with these segues tonight. Uh, this is what I do, baby. I do what I do what I do what I do. You understand? Oh, boy. Segway City. They tweeted, they tweeted out Thursday evening... The WWE Money in the Bank event, originally scheduled for Sunday, May 10th in Baltimore, has been canceled. Refunds are available at all points of purchases. So, Money in the Bank is canceled in Baltimore. It is not canceled in WWE's eyes because they were advertising Money in the Bank qualifier matches this week on SmackDown. Correct. I, I just feel like Vince is gonna find some some place to to be able to pull this off, maybe a no arena crowd again, and get because money in the bank. You like you you've been saying for years is they're 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 pseudo like yep it's their big five you know they they're, they're it's 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 part of their big four you know you, you get your SummerSlam your your WrestleMania your Survivor Series your Royal Rumble and now you have your Money in the Bank which has like big fight feel it's their big four uh, plus one yeah it, it's it's their big four plus one um I I don't know where they can do Money in the Bank at but Money in the Bank for sure will go on as scheduled in my opinion and we're talking about a month from now you know. Mm-hmm. Vince will find a way. If he pulled off a two-night WrestleMania, he will pull off Money in the Bank. There's no way. Oh, for sure. But he won't. For sure. I think we'll probably end up getting... Excuse me. Sorry. I think we'll probably probably end up getting um, an empty arena Money in the Bank. Because if you did did an, an empty arena WrestleMania, then anything is fair game. WrestleMania yeah. is your top cheese. That's your big boy. That's your money maker. That's your, you know. It's I, the it's the granddaddy of them all. Right. So if you're willing to do that in an empty arena, then all bets are off. You'll do anything. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they do Money in the Bank at the Performance Center, like did everything else. You know, probably pre-recorded, like everything else. Mm-hmm. And um, that way, they can just make sure they have it in the bank. Uh, uh, you see what I did there? You see what I did there? No, I, I like the fact that you you bridged the gap for another segue for myself. Oh. And and the whole pre-recording thing. WWE has uh, started pre-recording both episodes of Raw and SmackDown for their future as a backup, just in case this COVID-19 hinders future plans. Okay, um, my problem is, which I've had since Jump Street, this whole, uh, since the whole COVID-19 thing has started, was if you're going to pre-record stuff, do things that actually matter, like story progression. I do not need to see replays of pay-per-views from, mm. like, the past. Mm-hmm. The only the only replay that I actually enjoyed uh, watching was, was uh, the SmackDown before... 
Mania where they re-showed uh, the Shawn Michaels Ric Flair retirement match. Yes. Other other than that, I was just like, I don't, I, I don't need to see. I saw this already. I don't need to see this again. <laughs> and and if you're a wrestling fan, you've seen that match more than once already. Like I'm, I'm good. I'm good. So it's not a perfect segue from point A to point B, but Papa Meltzer, Dave Meltzer. Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave has uh, called the last man standing match between Edge and Randy Orton at WrestleMania the most boring WrestleMania match ever. <laughs> and you know, the I IWC this, is... I the IWC, IWC is split on this. Some fans love it. Great storytelling. My, my God, like these have so much chemistry, blah, 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 blah. Others, like myself and Thrill, are like, match went way too long. Uh, it, it definitely didn't benefit from being a last-man-standing match. This should have just been a full-scale-anywhere match. It was boring. We checked out multiple times. Bro, they Edge tried to, I mean, Randy Orton tried to hang Edge with workout equipment the same week uh, after we just watched the, the Dark Side of the Ring with Chris Benoit. What are you no, doing, people? Two weeks, two weeks, two weeks after. Whatever. What are you doing? What are you doing? For me, that was a stretch. I mean, people are like, "That's insensitive." Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, "That it's not insensitive. It's a stretch. Like it's it's a it's a it's a Space Jam Michael Jordan dunking on the monster no, stretch. No, it, it might, is. It might it be is. a bit of a stretch. It is not a Space Jam stretch. It is a spaceship stretch. It is a stretch. No, that's that's it, a first baseman trying to pick out a, a scoop at first base stretch. That's not a space jam stretch. It's it's a it's a stretch. It's a very very small space jam stretch. Nah, B. I don't think that's what their intentions were. I don't know. Uh, no, don't get me wrong. I don't think that's where they were. I don't think that was the intention. I don't think they. Anyone said, "Hey, how did Chris kill himself?" Oh yeah, do that. I don't think anyone planned that, but you couldn't edit that out. Come on. It was pre-recorded. You have a match that was 16 years long, and you were editing stuff all day anyway. Why not, A, edit the match to be shorter just in general, and B, why? Why, why would you not cut that out? Because they don't think it was a big... First of all, they don't. They act like Chris Benoit didn't even exist. So, to them, everybody... Ah, Daniel, Bryan, okay. Daniel Bryan got fired for choking out Justin Roberts with his own tie. But Randy Yorn is allowed to try and hang Edge with wrestling equipment? The difference is Daniel Bryan choking out Justin Roberts with his own tie was unscripted. Uh, oh, Daniel, oh, um, so uh, Edge you, and Randy Orton... This was actually homicide, it's okay. I mean... In, in Vince's twisted mind, yes. Like, it's it's okay. Again, they, they act like Chris Benoit doesn't exist. But outside of so, Chris Benoit, how do you let that go on your TV screen, considering you're a company who's all about, like, you know, family-friendly and and trying to please your board members and all a, that? It's it's a blood feud between Edge and Randy Orton. Edge is, try, uh, Randy, Edge is trying to come back. Randy Orton is trying to quote unquote save Edge's life by like ending his entering career. It's a blood feud. Uh, almost almost anything goes in a blood feud. So that's what they were doing. I don't know. Uh, I mean again, 
I, I agree with Dave Meltzer. Um, we, we were in the group chat with uh, with Big Sexy and, and uh, the Double Z and the Double E. Uh, I was like, this match went way too long. Mm-hmm. I checked out like three or four times. I started like watching YouTube videos on my phone because mm-hmm. I, was, I was so bored with the match. Yep, yep. And uh, this last man standing match holds the record for the second longest Mania match in history. Wild. Little tri- little trivia time for you. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if you your uh, your brain is working. Oh, no. What is the longest mania match in history? Is it? Don't keep the fans waiting. Hold on, shut up. Is it um an Iron Man match? The Iron Man match between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. You are absolutely right, bro. Yeah. bro. yeah. I'm proud of you. I know I am stuff. absolutely proud of you. I know stuff. I think the, the match clocked in at like 37 minutes or something like that, which was, um, aside from the Iron Man match, the longest match in WrestleMania history, which is insane. I mean, I can't even... I thought, like, The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels went long. But, no, 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 no. See, and now this is the problem that that WWE fans and wrestling fans are going to forever run into. Which is similar to that same argument that, that people have in music. Is that long doesn't necessarily mean good. Long doesn't necessarily mean bad. You Absolutely. Can, you can go to New Japan... And put on a 35-minute classic, and you're licking the chops the entire time at how good it is. You can also put on a 40-minute stinker that is beyond boring. You can have a 5-minute match in WWE that has you, you know, from on the edge of your seat from, from bell to bell. And then you can have a 5-minute match that also goes, what was even the point of that? So, it just goes to show that, like... Time doesn't necessarily equate to one thing or another, but I feel like I can totally hear the WWE fans, who are diehards, I can hear them turning around and going, oh, see, but if this is New Japan and it was 37 minutes long, you guys would love it if it was Kenny versus Okada, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, we don't love these matches because they're long. They're amazing matches that happen to be long. This is a match that was long, that was junk. I'm actually happy you brought up Kenny versus Okada, right? Let's let's compare and contrast real quick. Edge versus Randy Orton went 36-35, so it's 36 and a half minutes basically, right? Mm -hmm. Second longest match in in WrestleMania history. Right. Kenny versus Okada at Dominion 6-9 in a 2 out of 3 falls match Mm -hmm. for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship went one hour, mm-hmm. nine minutes, and 49 seconds. Mm-hmm. Edge versus Orin felt like an eternity. Arguably the most boring match in WrestleMania history. Kenny versus Okada at Dominion 6-9, arguably the greatest match in, match in wrestling in history, history. Yeah, yeah. Felt... It, it, it didn't feel long enough for me. Like, it, yeah. I was at the edge of my seat. I, sometimes, when I'm bored, I go back and watch them. If I've got time, I go back and watch that match. i got an hour to kill. I'm going to watch Kenny versus Okada, Dominion 6-9. Arguably, 
definitely for me in my top five of wrestling matches yeah. in the history of wrestling. Yeah, it's. I mean. Anyone and everyone will tell you that it is arguably the greatest match in professional wrestling history. There are few wrestling fan wrestling fans who will argue that. You know? And yeah. and it's the match is, is performed and put on in such a way that we're used to watching if you're used to watching WWE, you're used to watching a 15-minute TV show. You're used to watching a episode of a show that's, you know, it's part of something. Mm-hmm. Versus this is a movie in and of itself. Yeah. You are watching... I mean, Kenny, Kenny versus Okada was a... It's a cinematic... A saga. It, yeah. it was a saga. It was a, it was a cinematic saga 100%. between two of... It, Four, it was top, four matches. Definitely top three best wrestlers of our generation, of, yep. of possibly of all time. Yep. Their, their matches at Wrestle Kingdom, their, their, their matches... Uh, watch If you're watching from match one to Dominion with Kenny winning the belt is long-term booking mm-hmm. at its finest. Like I said, it's a four-film... <laughs> cinematic saga and so when you're used to just watching like vine videos that are eight seconds long or 10 seconds long or whatever or now it's tiktok and you're used to watching tiktok videos that are like 30 seconds or whatever they are mm-hmm. and then that's all you know when someone goes here watch a clockwork orange or here watch pulp fiction you're gonna be like what what is this long drawn out mess and it's because you... Clockwork is more drawn out than Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction had me on the edge of my seat every 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 second. So let, let's move it towards more of akin to Clockwork, which Fine. is also a classic. You and I both love that movie. Oh, so good! But most people were like, like uh, uh, most fan, like people are like, uh, I, I don't really care for it. You know, like uh, uh, Clockwork Orange had so much like mentally and fair. That's physically, fair. Fine. Like, so let's say Pulp Fiction. We'll go Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction is something that, like, even in the the mainstream zeitgeist, is is thought of as like a classic, right? See, but Pulp Fiction is more more akin to, to Edge and Randy Orton, where it's, it's more mainstream. Where A Clockwork Orange is more of a uh, a more more of a refined taste to, right. to the like of, of Kenny versus of, versus Okada. But what I'm saying is comparing a three hour cinematic masterpiece to a 40 second internet video that anyone can do that's what i'm that's that's the comparison that i'm making randy okay. like you know a wwe television match on raw or smackdown is a vine video where pulp fiction is is kenny versus okada if you're used to the vine videos pulp fiction might be way too past your realm of of enjoyment so pulp fiction oh i'm sorry i like i'm I have to defend my man, like Tarantino, right now. Pulp Fiction is entertaining. It, there's like, a thousand stories going on in that movie, so it doesn't matter where you're like you're watching it. It's going to be entertaining. A Clockwork yes. Orange is more of an acquired taste. It's 136 like minutes. Uh, I don't know what that but that's my like, point. Uh, is that two, the two, the Kenny Okada matches 
are great the entire way through, but if you're not used to watching an hour-long wrestling match, it may feel like a drag for you, regardless if it's good or not. And that's what that's the comparison that I'm making. If you're used to only watching short matches, watching a long hour-long match may not be as easily digestible. I, uh, I, I actually googled a Clockwork Orange's runtime and Pulp Fiction's runtime, and uh, Pulp Fiction came in at uh, one hundred and fifty-four. So it's basically an hour and a half to Pulp Fiction's like. Uh, um, not an hour and a half. Excuse me. Pulp Fiction two, hour, two, hours two and, and a half hours. hours. Two and a half hours to uh, two hours and like ten minutes. But uh, I'm going back to Randy Orton and Edge. Felt like a chore to to yes. sit through that match. Agreed. Okada, Okada versus versus Omega at Dominion Six Nine didn't feel like a chore. It felt like a treat. You know, like yes. Every, Every second, every full finish, every every two count. I was like, "Holy crap!" You know, I would say crap. You know, I was I was I was sugar yeah. honey iced tea. I was like, "We're being treated to wrestling perfection." Yeah, right here. Yeah, there, there's it's very rare that you find your opposite in terms of wrestling, and you guys put on classic after classic after classic. Sure. I have never seen in my 30 years of watching wrestling, anybody with the chemistry that Kenny, the cleaner, Kenny Omega, and the Rainmaker, Kazushiko Okada, have. Yeah. Not not Ricky Steamboat and Macho Man, not Ricky Steamboat and, and, and Ric Flair, Ric Flair and Dusty, Sean and Brett. Cold. Anybody have that, 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 Instant connection. Every match they've had is an absolute instant classic. Yeah, those two. There's something about those two that they just they work each other perfectly. They they read each other perfectly. Everything is just it's those those two together know how to work perfectly with one another, which is wild because like before Kenny and Okada started their feud, like Okada already had great rivalry with Tanahashi. And some would oh, argue, no, absolutely. and some would argue that that like before this, that that was like Okada's, like that's prime Okada, and then he gets into the feud with Kenny Omega, and it's like, wait a minute, okay, time out, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, don't even sleep on Okada versus Naito, where Naito oh, no, no, didn't no, no, even no. conquer the mountain that was Okada. No, 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 my, my boy I'm, Naito. I'm, I'm not overlooking Naito, but I, I'm pretty sure that. Tanahashi and Okada is thought of as a bigger rivalry than Okada and Naito. Oh, well, we're talking about um, Master versus Pupil here, right? Right. Like, so that's what I'm saying. Oh, like the chemistry. Uh, Tanahashi is the ace of New Japan, and now Okada is legitimately even not even holding the IWGP Heavyweight Championship is still the face of New Japan for sure. You think in New Japan, at least you or or, or I, I mean, I don't mean to speak for you, but I, I feel like I can because, you know, you and I have been friends for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think of, of of New Japan, the first name that pops to your head is Kazuchika Okada. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we didn't get to, get to watch, uh, uh, you know, New Japan... 
during, you know, when we were younger, where we got to see uh, the great Muda and all these other people, but we got to enjoy, we get to enjoy, excuse me, Kazushi Okada, who sure. is arguably one of the greatest wrestlers of our time. It's so funny because when I first started watching New Japan Pro Wrestling, I had, I mean, obviously, I didn't know who a lot of these guys were. You know, but I knew who some of them were. I had heard some of their names, mostly from you. But even from you, I don't think I had I had heard the name Okada before. And so I start watching, and, you know, it's pretty much the beginning of his feud with Kenny Omega. And, again, I didn't really know Kenny, but I knew Kenny was part of Bullet Club. I knew Bullet Club was, like, this thing. So, naturally, I'm kind of rooting for Kenny. And I'm watching the matches, watching the matches. Now... If you, if you ask me or if you ask anybody who knows me and how much I love wrestling or if you were anywhere near me the last time they were at the Garden, I will yell out Rainmaker as if my life depends on it because of how much of that, that, that whole series made me such a fan of Kazuchika Okada because when someone is so good, so good at their craft, it's like impossible to not like them it's like the whole uh-huh. argument that we you know when someone's so good of a heel they automatically turn face because fans love their work so much dude i yep. didn't like i didn't know who this okada guy was and now the minute i hear i see him grab someone's wrist i'm standing up with my arms open waiting to yell out rainmaker like yep <laughs> there there are two things that makes will the throw pop that is a super kick or a super kick party or a Kazuchiko Kata Rainmaker. I love nothing, it. Nothing makes him yell at the top of his lungs more than a super kick or a Rainmaker. <laughs> That's great. It's amazing. So, so, so throw, let, let, let's move past this because I feel like you and I can talk about this forever. Fact. What I really want to talk about, what I say for last, the, the real meat and potatoes of this, this, the non-WWE news is WWE has granted the release of two superstars. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. WWE have granted the release. The immediate. Of the, immediate the release. Immediate, immediate. Not a 90-day, uh, what's the 90-day non-compete clause or anything like that. The immediate release of the revival. Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson. Oh my God! Yes. When I saw this news, yes. I, I started salivating like <laughs> like a man who's been on a deserted island with no food for the last three months. I was I, I was almost brought to tears because I'm like, man, whatever they change their name to. Yes. Whatever they whatever they change their name to, I don't care. Right. I understand right now they can't really do much because the whole COVID nineteen thing. Mm-hmm. But um, but imagine just just think uh, think of a, a dystopian future, right? Imagine the Briscoes versus the Revival, mm. God versus the Revival, mm. Rapongi three K versus the Revival, mm. Evil and Sonata. Versus the revival, mm. the Young Bucks Woo! versus the revival, Woo-hoo! Kenny and 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 uh, uh, Hangman Adam Page versus the revival, Private Party versus the revival, the whatever Lucha the hell, Brothers, um, whatever the 
tell uh, oh my God. the bastard Pac and, and the Lucha Brothers name is right now versus the Revival. The, the Revival can go on a tour, uh, uh, an Indies tour, and just tear oh my God. it up. It's I so was f- never... I was never a fan of the revival until I saw um, uh, was uh, American Alpha versus the revival. Oh, so good! At at, at Takeover, yeah. I don't remember the Takeover to be honest, but at the, I think it was Takeover Brooklyn actually. And I was just like, man, these guys remind me of Tully Blanchard and mm-hmm. Arn Anderson. Mm-hmm. And I just. Fell in love with the revival after that, and then for them to become a comedy act with the whole uh, Uso uh, was it Uso cream or Uso Uzi hot or whatever it was it's so like, dumb. like they just des- they deserve better than that. They deserve a lengthy title run, and every title uh, like um, reign they had was lackluster or it didn't feel important or it felt overshadowed by another like uh, another storyline. For me, them being released again. It sucks because COVID is really killing everything. Mm-hmm. But have uh, Scott Dawson or, or, or Dash Wilder, whatever they change their, maybe they change their names to their real names or whatever, and they they, they switch their tag team because I think the the revival is trademarked by WWE. Yeah, yeah. Have, have them. I mean, I think NWA Power has canceled all their shows right now, but have them face. Um, uh, is it is it uh, James Storm who's uh, the tag team champions with somebody? I, I, I don't know. have them have them go to to NWA Power. Mm-hmm. Have them go to ROH. Have them go to Impact. Have them go to Indie shows. Have them go to AEW Dynamite. Do not settle anywhere for the first like six months of your uh, of James Storm and Eli Drake. That that would be a fantastic match. Do not settle for any pro uh, uh, and, and any promotion for like the first six months after the whole COVID nineteen thing blows up because you're the revival. You are what they use. They use as the top guys, mm. and their in ring perf- like performance writes their own like you know writes a check for them. They're um, arguably top three best tag teams in the world right now. Mm-hmm. So, real Capitalize quick. Capitalize on that. So, real quick. The match you were alluding to before with American Alpha and uh, the Revival was from NXT TakeOver Dallas. Oh, Dallas, okay. Uh, the current NWA tag champions are Eli Drake and James Storm. I said that. I said that, man. Are you not paying attention to me? No, I, I am. I'm just making sure because you kind of gloss over it quickly. Hmm. Um... And the Revival's real names are Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood, which, to be honest, are fantastic wrestling names to be, like, on their own. Yeah, those are good indie names, for sure. And, um, so, it's funny that, like, you went in a different direction, and I'm glad you did, because I think, like most of us, as soon as this was announced, we all thought, AEW, here they come. Absolutely. That's I posted on Facebook. I was like, "Well, AEW's tag team division just got a lot better." Well, I mean, better than it already is. Like their tag team division is already I, crazy. No, uh, no, their tag team division is probably, in, in my opinion, probably the best tag team division out of all four 
all five, six major uh, wrestling promotions. You know, wrestling promotions um, between uh, the Lucha Brothers and, and Kenny and Hangman and the Best Friends and Private Party and the Bucks. Those four or five names that I just mentioned. Even even the, the newer makeshift tag teams like Jungle Express, Cody and Dustin, <sighs> you know? Like Okay, so I didn't mention like Jurassic Express because I'm 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 going back to their like record as a tag team or a six man for AEW and I was like they don't really win often, so I don't really uh solidify them as a great tag team. That's fair. But Cody and Cody and Dustin as a tag team, even in WWE were fantastic. Yeah. So I mean, Dustin can still go even at his late age. I mean, uh, I argue with somebody on on um, a Facebook wrestling fan page that they're like, "Oh, what's the difference between Dustin still wrestling and, and Undertaker?" I was like, "The difference is that Dustin gets more repetition. He wrestles a lot more often than Taker does, mm-hmm. so it's not um, it's not uh, new to him. It's not, not necessarily new to him." Plus, Dustin can still go. And Dustin didn't perform at the rate, pace, and style that Undertaker did back then. I'm telling you, I say this all the time. Whenever we talk about Undertaker, people don't realize Undertaker's style and longevity was really hard on his body. He wrestled a very physical style. He is a huge dude who was regularly doing freaking topes. And, like, he was working full time for the WWE for, like, 20 years straight. Also, I mean, Dustin has been wrestling longer, but as you just mentioned, Taker has been... Taker put his body through the ringer. Yeah. Dustin hasn't had Hell in the Cell matches and and uh, Elimination Chambers and Buried Alive matches and stuff like that. So, so I mean, at Dustin, yeah, he's older, but he's got less wear and tear on his body on, than Taker exactly, does. Exactly. But back to back to the revival or whatever they're going to be called, you know, like I was saying, I didn't even think of all the matches they could have in New Japan. Like, if they do a world, if they do a revival world tour, oh my god! Like you said, the Briscoes. Oh, I mean, granted, they're both doing single stuff right now. I have a question for you, Drew. Okay. You're, you're more you're you're a lot smarter than I am in terms of the wordplay, right? Okay. So if if uh, Dash and Scott, right, they, they they want to they change their names and whatever they they do, uh, they change their tag team name or whatever, and they're doing a quote unquote tour. You know, like Joey Ryan did his um his retirement from the Indies tour or whatever. Mm-hmm. If they did their quote unquote revival tour do you think that would like cause legal trouble for them absolutely and it would yes so something that people don't know is that Zach, uh scott dawson dash wilder whatever you want to call them they were not a tag team before doing the wwe the wwe put them together so anything Correct. and everything involving the revival is owned by the wwe say yeah all Fizz No Flips, the name Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder, the name Revival, that's all owned by WWE. So they would have to finagle so, the, so that the word Revival is a passing word. Like, they would have to... 
let's say let's say just throw out a random word, right? Let's say their their tag team name becomes I don't know, Hardheads. Say again? The Buttheads. The Buttheads. If they wanted to do a Buttheads World Tour, they'd have to do something if they wanted to. Buttheads World Tour, the revival of tag team wrestling. Because then that way they're using the word revival as a passing phrase in a sentence rather than the name they're using to advertise. So so what if they used a, a phrase as the revival of tag team wrestling tour, right? Mm-hmm. They can't they can't get away with using that as opposed to anything else. You know, like it, would would they be in legal trouble if they used the revival of tag team wrestling as a indies tour or something like that? They'd be fine as long as their booking names have nothing to do with the word revival. So again, it, it would be so the revival. When you, when you think of the revival, it's like the revival of authentic tag team wrestling. Yeah, if you're just no saying it as a sentence, just you're flips, fine. All right, that's the, that's their catchphrase, right? right. In WWE, that's no flips, just this. Right. If, if they're like, hey, this is a revival of tag team wrestling, just authentic, you know. Like hard nosed tag team wrestling. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they would get away with being able to use the revival of tag team wrestling tour? Yes. As long they, again, as long as names and, and, and change their, their tag team. Correct. Right? As long as when as long as the name of the show is not such, as long as the name of their tag team is not the revival. Because the whole point of copyright and trademark is to not be able to make money off of that word and or phrase. So, as long as the words revival are not what's being used to sell it, you're fine. Yeah, but the the, 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 the problem is the revival of tag team wrestling. You're, but, okay, so here, but they're not saying... Um, so, in, in advertising, you know, you have to be able to use the English language. Right? Mm-hmm. You, like... You can't Gene Simmons everything and just try and sue for every word in the world. So if someone says a sentence, the revival of tag team wrestling in passing, that's fine. If the poster says, this is the revival of tag team wrestling as like a tagline, cool. But if they name the show the revival of tag team wrestling, even that you can kind of get away with because it's part of a sentence. It's not the whole thing. WWE owns the revival, so as long as you have more added to it, you should be fine. Man, I think that the WWE at the time trademarked uh, the revival, uh, no flips, just fists, and uh, top guys. Yeah, yeah. I, so I think that they they trademarked all that. So like uh, Wilder and, and Dawson can't use that, right? So it's a matter of, again. It's a matter of how you use it and how close it is to the original. So just as a as an example of a precedent, I said Gene Simmons earlier, so it made me think of it. Um, there was a band who once tried to create a record label called Kiss of Infamy or Kiss of X, and because Gene Simmons was part of Kiss and he owns Kiss and everything that belongs to Kiss, he sued the band because they used the word Kiss in the name. So, I have a question for you. Yes. Girl. Yes. Why did you use Gene Simmons and not Lars Ulrich from Metallica, who sues at any chance he gets also? False. Lars Ulrich has only ever sued Napster, 
where Gene Simmons will literally, he literally sued somebody. He tried to, I'm sorry, he didn't sue somebody. He tried to trademark and copyright the phrase OJ for orange juice so that he can make money anytime someone says it. Gene Simmons. I'm trying to trigger you because you're a Metallica, you know, diehard fan. You will not get me, sir. You will not get me. I speak in facts. You will not get me, sir. I will get you eventually. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm super stoked that these guys are finally out of their contract. They can stop doing this silly nonsense they were doing in WWE, and they can have all of the amazing tag team matches that they can and that they want as soon as COVID is over. That's what I want. I want COVID. If it ends on August 15th, from August 16th until the end of time, I just want to see the revival and amazing tag team matches. That's all I want in life. I mean, it's obvious that after after COVID blows over, they're going against the Bucks. The, the Bucks and the Revival have been going back and forth on Twitter for years. And be so right now, good. this is the opportunity to do it. It's going to be think? so good. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Just, just chomping at the bit. So good. So let's move on to the the Raw after Mania, right? One of the biggest nights in professional wrestling history. But do you we know, have to? Anything can happen. But do we post have to? WrestleMania, right? Do we have to though? Uh, we're, we're not going to go over all of Raw because Raw was basically squash match central. If you watched Raw, I'm you're almost a thousand percent to see a squash match. I mean, this, if you if you want, if you want to go over very all the all the squash matches they had that night, not very. It's not a very long list. You can definitely go over it quickly. So, Aleister Black, Ricochet, and Cedric Alexander, Seth Rollins, Umberto Carrillo, and Nia Jax. The returning, excuse me, the returning Nia Jax all had squash matches. Yep. And unfortunately, your your your, your boo thing, Diana Perazzo, had to face Nia Jax, and she got squashed in Nia's return match. When I saw it was Nia Jax with Diana Perazzo, I was like, "No, not Diana Perazzo!" I was like, "You couldn't find some other scrub in the back." Why? Why you do this? For me, I was like, hey, don't bring Deanna up to the, the main roster just for her to get squashed by Nia This is the second time they did this. They, they used her as squash fodder once before. For, I forgot for who. But they did this before. I don't know why they like using Deanna Parazzo as, as squash meat. I don't get it. Yeah, I, I don't get it either because Deanna's such a good in-ring performer. I'm saying. But I, I don't know. Maybe she, like... Rubbed Vince the wrong way or, or trips the wrong way because Deanna has not been getting booked the way that she deserves to get booked. One hundred percent agree. They moved her over to NXT UK, and I'm just like, I don't understand why. Like, she's a good in ring worker, a very good in ring worker, in my opinion. She has a good look. Her gimmick is like, 
it's nothing crazy, but it works if she's a heel. If she comes out doing the whole the the maestro wizard thing, like nah, I, I like the the virtuosa. Yeah, the, I'm sorry, oh, the virtuosa, the virtuosa. Like, dude, that could work, especially if she's a heel. Like, mm-hmm. I I don't see anything wrong with Diana, and and they're not. Maybe her mic work isn't good. I don't know. Um, I mean, I, we don't get to really see her mic work because it's just like, hey, she's 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 you can't do match, nothing. and then she gets like she either gets squashed or she loses. Um, I don't think I've seen Diana win since um, getting signed. We were. I'm sorry. Since getting signed. No. Um, the the WrestleMania access match that we were at, the, the World's Collide. Oh yeah, yeah. Won. Like, that was the last time I saw her win. But but in terms of, like, Raw, it was it was squash match central yeah. for, like, after the first two matches. The first two matches was Oscar versus Liv Morgan, which was a very strong showing for Liv Morgan, where mm-hmm. she, she basically... Um, Oscar was kind of no-selling all of Liv Morgan's stuff, but Liv held her own against Oscar, which is impressive. So... I was kind of happy about that. And then the next match where we get a WrestleMania rematch of the Street Profits versus Austin Theory and Angel Garza. Mm. I don't know why I said Angel in Spanish and I said Garza. Like <laughs> but regardless, uh, the match ends in a DQ when the rep sees Zelina Vega grabbing Montez's cord's leg. And I was like, okay, fine. They retain whatever. Then the EST of NST's music hits. Bianca Belair, Belair comes out. Belair. And, not Belair. <laughs> Belair comes out and she's like, uh, she's talking uh, to, to Vega like, you, you're trying to, to, to run from me and you can't run from me. I am the greatest, the strongest, the bestest, the distest, the baddest. I am the EST. I used to be the EST of NXT. Now I am the EST of Raw. So Bianca Belair gets her call up, you know, 40, uh, 40 minutes into Raw. See, but I don't, I don't, I like when she was the EST of NXT that rolled off. She should have been like, I used to be the EST of only NXT. But now I'm the EST of all of WWE. Does that not sound better than the EST of Raw? That sounds better than than what she said. But the problem is, it leads it, it leaves room for Bianca Belair to jump from Raw to SmackDown to NXT and so on and so forth. And Come on. WWE, hold on, hold on, hold on. WWE fans are dumb, so. <laughs> They may interpret that differently than uh, you or I will, uh, because because we're um, you know uh, intelligence personified, basically. (laughs) (laughs) We're intelligence personified. (laughs) So Bianca Belair challenges Zelina Vega to attack. Excuse me, to a singles match. Uh, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins are at ringside, and so is uh, Angel Garza and Austin Theory. The, the tag teams outside start brawling, which leads to a no contest because they start going into the ring. Uh, I think Theory and Garza pull Zelina Vega out, and I 
Montez Ford grabs the mic and says, uh, let's make this a family affair. You three versus us three, six-person tag. Let's do this right now. For me, there was too many false finishes for me to be interested in the the latter part of the match, the six-person tag. It was the tag team match and then the the, the singles women's match and you you merge them all together and you do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself (laughs) up. I I, I didn't, I, I I wasn't, I was tired of it after the no contest uh, women's match. Mm-hmm. But what I do enjoy is that uh, they put Bianca Belair, like they said that um, Bianca Belair and Montez Ford are married. You know, he's like, oh, um, Bianca Belair is Montez Ford's wife and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, cool. You guys acknowledge that instead of just being racist and pairing every black people, you know, all the black people together, like they did with the New Day, there's some acknowledgement. You know, Montez and Bianca Belair are married. Makes sense for her to come out because Delina Vega is trying to screw over her husband. Makes sense. The problem is the execution that they had took me out of caring after the women's match. I was I was telling, uh, you know, Amanda, I was like, I don't. Uh, why do they need to restart this match for the fourth, the third time? I don't care anymore. Yeah, I had to watch this match at WrestleMania. I had to watch this match <laughs> the next night on Raw. Then I had to see a disqualification, and then I had to see two women fight to a no contest. Now I have to watch a six-person fight. No thanks. This is a tour. How am I being punished? And 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 that's pretty much Raw in a nutshell. It was a chore. Yeah, it, it was, uh, for me, um, okay, so, just to run through Raw real quick, Alistair Black beats Apollo Crews, poor Apollo Crews, you say this every time Apollo Crews gets squashed, poor Apollo Crews, and I, I agree, poor Apollo Crews. Poor Apollo Crews. Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, you can flip, you can flip, you're a tag team now, you guys gonna face Danny Burch and Oni Larkin, you guys gonna beat him. Not for nothing, not for nothing, before you move on, if it wasn't a result of Vince giving up on both of these guys, I would actually be excited about these two guys being a tag team because I feel like they would be a super fun and exciting tag team to watch. But knowing that they're only put together because Vince is like, I don't know, I don't care, whatever, do something with them. Put them in a tag team, I guess, whatever. This is Vince in the boardroom. You're black, you're brown, you do flips, you do flips, join the job party. <laughs> Join Lucha House Party. <laughs> oh, I think that's it. I mean, given given the time, I'm sure that Ricochet and and Cedric Alexander as uh, as the double D and the double E would say mm-hmm. versus Danny Burch and Oni Larkin would be a fantastic match. Absolutely, but it's a raw. They're not going to be given the time or or the or the energy or the space. So no one cares about this match. Mm-hmm. Um, the the next we ha- next we have the replaying of Seth versus Kevin Owens at WrestleMania, and then you have Seth squashing Denzel Dijonet Dijonet, excuse me, Dijonet from NXT. I don't even know who Denzel Dijonet is. Never heard of him. And then, then you have the Nia Jax squashing Deanna Peraza. Then you have Umberto Carrillo squashing 
Brandon Vick. Then you have, to close out the show, Drew McIntyre defeating Big Show. How does the Big Show, who hasn't wrestled in maybe three or four months, or no, no, like two or three months, how does the Big Show get a WWE Championship match just because? We Look, I'm sorry. We can no longer question that logic once all Roman Reigns did was say, I'm next. That's it. If that's enough to get you a title opportunity, I have completely given up on WWE title logic. At this point, it is very clear that it doesn't matter who does what. Anyone can just say, okay, me next, and that's it. So whatever. I don't even care. I, I, I would agree with you. Except for the fact that Roman Reigns is a full-time wrestler, and the Big Show is basically wrestling to promote his new TV, his new sitcom on Netflix, which will the throw binge watched and said it's horrible. It's not good. It's not, I didn't say it's horrible. I said it's not good. This is not good. This is it's very not good. <laughs> on, on, on a scale of boy meets boy meets world to friends, where does it land? Well, wait, that's a weird scale. <laughs> Boy Meets World is one of my favorite shows, and I also enjoy Friends. That's a, that's a horrible scale. Okay, so you said Boy Meets World is one of your favorite shows. That's yeah. I, so that's at the top. That sets the the the, the precipice, precipice or precipice, uh, the, Okay, but then you put Friends. Friends the at the bottom of the barrel. I like Friends. Okay, but who? Uh, give me a show that you don't care about, sitcom wise. Uh, who's the boss with <laughs> with Alyssa Milano? Sure. I mean, I love uh, Who's the Boss, don't get me wrong, but, oh, Tony Danza, oh, it's, it's, it's classic. It's definitely, it's definitely closer to the bottom. Definitely nowhere near the greats. It's really not good. It's very I, I, not I'm gonna, good. I'm, I'm going to name three sitcoms. Okay. And you're going to tell me less than or greater than. Okay, cool. Okay? Okay. Real quick, Full House. Full House or Fuller House? No, Full House, not Fuller House. No Last time. Less than. Less than, okay. Family Matters. Less than. Okay, and, uh... Family Matters was a good I show. The last one has to be really good. The last one has to be really good. I don't know if you watched this. Um, Living Single. Never watched it. Okay, so then, no. Uh, um, different World? Oh, that's a really good show. Definitely less than. Okay. Where does where does the big show show land at in terms of sitcoms? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Like some really bad sitcoms that are just really bad. Because ninety sitcoms were like. That's like the, the thing. Show was, of, like, the show tries too hard to be a ninety sitcom. Like they have a laugh track instead of a studio audience. They have weird mm. pop music transitioning through scenes, like, they and they and they rely on cliche so much. Where like the youngest daughter is like this evil genius mastermind. And it's like, ugh, haven't we seen this shtick in like a million other shows? Did you watch Drake and Josh. I did not because everyone said I used to remind them of um, one of Josh them. Back, yeah, yeah. That's all yeah. I heard all through junior high school and high school. So I made sure yeah, never watch first, it. Your first two years of high school before you grow out your hair, I was just like, man, that's Josh from Drake and Josh. Everyone, you, you ever watch Drake and Josh? No, go away. 
and, and then you pair yourself with uh, a a Albanian white guy. <laughs> definitely Drake and Josh over here. Um, but uh, yeah. let's move on. Let's move on to your favorite time of the week, the Wednesday Night Wars. By the way, I gave Raw as a as a total a, a grade. Uh, I see uh, that. Aside from aside from our our, our tope system, I, I like to give them a letter grade. Um, Raw this week, the Raw after Mania, probably the worst Raw I've ever seen after Mania, got an F plus 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 plus. If you're counting correctly, that is an F five. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Let's go through a let's go through NXT first before we go through Dynamite. Because in my opinion, I feel like uh, Dynamite killed it uh, as a show in its entirety, mm-hmm. and AEW uh, excuse me, not AEW NXT was kind of meh, right? Except for the, except for the first match. Uh, the six-woman ladder match determined the new number one contender for the, the NXT Women's Championship yeah. between Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, Mia Yim, Dakota Kai, and Chelsea Green. Felt uh, as authentic as a women's ladder match can feel okay. because you have underlying beef between Io and Candice, Tegan and Dakota. The only ones that kind of felt like left out was Mia and Chelsea Green, right. which is fine because, you know, whatever, but I, I, had a, I had a good time like watching this, like this This is the only match that I actually watched from NXT was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Io Shirai wins. She's the new number one contender. Her versus Charlotte should be a fantastic match. Yeah. Uh, to, 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 to round out NXT, I mean, the biggest match promoted for this this week was the the black heart versus the what the hell's gargano's thing uh sacred heart or the uh the, the, the lonely heart whatever rebel, what heart. Garga- rebel heart thank you You're Gar- gargano versus champa the last time ever triple h in the back tells them this and this match felt longer than Triple H, uh, not Triple H, Edge versus Randy Orton. And this may have well been the worst match that, that both men have put on in their entire career. Woo! Woo! Uh, Hot take. The, the finish of the match was even worse. Because you have Candice LeRae come out because God forbid she doesn't stick her nose into Ciampa and Gargano's business. Right. Candice LeRae comes out and kicks Johnny Gargano square in the family jewels. Gargano goes down like a ton of bricks. She's holding Ciampa's hand, gives him the low blow, and what do you know, Gargano is faking the whole time. He has a cup. And what I hated was hits the pedigree of all moves, hits the pedigree on Tommaso Ciampa for the one, two, three to win the last match these men will ever have on NXT. Now, a couple of things. 
a couple of things from this match. One, they went over an hour, way too long. Really? It was the last, I think it was like eight eight fifty or something like that when this match went on. Jeez. They went long, and there was way too many. Like you can tell that this suffered from uh, being pre-recorded, and it was edits everywhere, absolutely mm. everywhere. Mm. But the, the the glaring issue that I have from this is not Gargano or not Ciampa. It's Candice LeRae. Mm. Candice LeRae. J- Johnny Gargano is a full-fledged heel right now. Okay. Candice LeRae, low-blowing Ch- uh, Gargano to, to, to later find out that he was faking it and costing Ciampa the win is a heel tactic. Right. If you're feuding with Io Shirai, who is also a heel, yeah, how does this work? Face. I'm sorry? Candice is a total baby face. Well, well, what she did in this match is not actions of a baby face. Right. It is the actions of a heel. Yeah. So, what's the point? Like, I understand that's your husband, but you, you also got to protect your character as a baby face. Mm-hmm. If your husband's a heel, similar to Sasha and, and Seth Rollins, where they're engaged and Sasha is, um, not Sasha, excuse me, Becky Lynch. I was about to say, um, what? <laughs> Becky Lynch is a face, Seth Rollins is a heel, you completely separate the two. Yep. They're not they involved in each other's matches, and and that that way you, you save both characters. Mm-hmm. Candice LeRae being maybe the ultimate babyface of NXT, costing Tommaso Ciampa the match with a low blow, knowing that her husband had a cup, is a heel move, and how does this progress her and Eo's story if they're going to progress it at all like is is Candace now a, uh, a heel like I don't I don't get it Candace should not have been involved to begin with absolutely you're not wrong there you're absolutely right but they did and you can't go back now yeah you can't you can't rewrite you can't history you can't unring a bell so I, I mean the major thing for NXT this week was they they finally beat AEW Dynamite in a non pay per view oriented uh, pre or post pay per view uh, show. Mm-hmm. They 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 beat Dynamite six ninety three to six ninety two by far their smallest margin of of any victory for for either show. But but Dynamite altogether was a a better, more entertaining show. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to watch Dynamite. You want to run us through it real quick? Um, yeah, so the show opens with a, a promo from Jake Roberts. Um, pretty much doing what Jake Roberts does, promoting Lance Archer and kind of talking down Cody. Then we have Lance Archer come out and squash some dude, Eric something or other. I don't remember his name. Well, uh, Jericho, I, I remember that Jericho was... On commentary all night, and he was—he called him uh, Eric Angels, Eric Angles, Eric Angelus. Like this, <laughs> this, this guy had multiple names. Yeah. Um, 
the highlight of the show was the match between... Uh, okay, so there was two matches that really stood out for different reasons. You had Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker. And, man, the match was good on its own. And then about halfway through the match, Britt got busted open the hard way. Mm-hmm. I think, I'm not sure if it was her... It looked like it was a nose. It, it was an elbow. It was an elbow to the nose. Right, okay. So, yeah, I, I couldn't tell at first if it was mouth or nose, but it looked like it was the nose. But she played it off so well. She really, like, once once she got busted open, she sunk into her character performance for the rest of the match so well that, like, that's the lasting image that everyone has in their mind after this show was Britt Baker being how she was. And not, and then she learns to play with it because she goes to do her finisher move, the, um, I forgot what she calls it, but it's like lock the, the lockjaw, right. Which is essentially like a ring of Saturn that she then turns into a mandible claw. But because she's bleeding and because of COVID, she grabs the referee and goes, give me your glove. So that she can put the glove on her hand before she puts it in uh, Sheeta's mouth. I'm like, that's, yeah. like, that's such minute stuff. That is so, like, good, you know? So, at, at the end of the day, um, Britt Baker loses the match. She did continue looking strong. But this really was a Class A performance for Britt Baker. The other match that had people talking for good or on the other side of the bad, maybe, was it was the Best Friends versus Nakazawa and Kenny Omega. Hold on. Michael, Naka, 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 Nakazawa. Thank you. Um, and this was for the right to call their tag team the best friends. So, the issue that some people had with this is Michael Nakazawa is a comedy wrestler. Kenny has experience being a comedy wrestler. This match was 100% a comedy match. This was a comedy wrestling match. So, if you're not into comedy wrestling, which a lot of people aren't, they were bashing this. They're like, this is dumb. This is a waste of Kenny Omega's talents. This is a waste of best friends. Yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. If you're into comedy wrestling and you haven't seen something really stupid and silly in a while, then this was this was good. You know, it was dumb. It was silly. Michael Nakazawa and Kenny Omega went for the best friends hug, but then were interrupted. Like... It was it was dumb nonsense, but if you're into it, you're into it. If you're not, you're not. I, 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 I wanna I'm gonna call like uh, a hack on myself actually. Okay. If WWE did a match like this, I would kill it. Mm. But because I, I I'm so enamored, I love the best friends and and, and freshly squeezed and Kenny can do no wrong and Michael Nakazawa is, is entertaining. I felt like with Dynamite, like this was a much needed break from the monotony of just like wrestling. Yeah. Uh, you, you needed like a lot, like essentially the match turned into uh, the winner gets the rights to the best friends label. Like yeah. it, it, it's, it's silly, but yeah. entertaining. Right. Um, uh, uh, Nakazawa basically, um, uh, oiling up his chest so when uh, was it Trent or, or Chuck uh, or Chuck Taylor was trying to hit the 
the, a, a chop on the chest it would just slide up so he like it was basically uh not effective right and and they called uh, they called it the hentai slide or something like that. It was it was it was it was, it was goofy. Yeah, it's dumb and it's silly, but, but it's dumb. But and it was silly. entertaining. Yeah. But if like I said, if, if WWE did this with the Usos and let's say the New Day, mm-hmm. I would say, man, this was boring. Like, why why did you do this? It was dumb. Like, you didn't yeah. need to do this. Right. I guess. I guess also, and it has to do with, um, like, uh, more like backstory, like, they're, like, Chuck Taylor and Trent, Trent Beretta are best friends, and, and Nakazawa and, and Omega are really close, so it, it kind of adds to the actual match in terms of the comedy, but, I don't know, I felt like, I felt like me, this was, this was a very good break from, everything that was going on i think also is um whether we know it or admit it or want to admit it i think that for people like yourself myself etc aew has kind of what's the what's the phrase i'm looking for they've kind of um they've done so well in the past that they've kind of awarded themselves like a free pass here or there you know what i mean like they've fallen into our good graces where if they do something like this, we can see it for what it is and enjoy it. Where WWE has burned us so many times that if they do something mm. silly, it's just like, oh, God, here's something stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that also plays uh, into it. I think because of what AEW does on a regular basis, we've kind of can see past the bad and enjoy the good where WWE is the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, what Agreed. else? Okay, so then we have Brody Lee in a squash match versus Lee Johnson. Again, people are still alluding to Brody Lee doing a Vince McMahon character. I don't see it. Um, I do. I, I do now. Like it's it's very apparent that he's doing a, a Vince parody, and it's for me, it's played. Um, you don't need to do this. I don't see it. <sighs> the, like this week was the suit thing that he wants everyone to be dressed in a suit. How is that a Vince thing? Vince Vince wants WWE superstars to carry themselves as a in a professional manner, similar sure. to like um, so the NFL or the NBA, exactly. where like they wear suits. Um, I I don't I don't need Brody Lee. One, I don't need Brody Brody Lee having squash matches. Yeah, um, we know who Brody Lee is. He was um, Luke Harper. In WWE, we know what he can do. We know what he's about. There's no reason for him to have squash matches. Have matches against Kip Sabian or yep. Cole Cabana or something like I that. Agree. Do not have squash matches to build your character up. We know who you are. You don't need to build yourself up. Lance Archer needs to build himself up because to the American eye, he's been in Japan for years. Yeah. They don't remember who he is. So, of course, he needs a squash match. Brody doesn't. They in fact, the, I would argue, WWE I would pitch, argue that Brody um, does shots. not need to wrestle at all for a while. I would argue that as the exalted one of the Dark Order, his place should be just standing there, looking intimidating, and being the exalted one, only wrestling when he needs to, when no one else can get the job done. 
So, so let's use um. I don't remember one of the minions' names for um the Dark Order, but they have a match. Let's say they have a match against Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. They lose to Darby Allen. Brody Lee does not accept uh, failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so he he takes it out on this person, and then yep. the next week the person has a match against. I don't know, Joey Janela mm-hmm. beats Joey Janela, and if he's uh he's accepted like by Brody as it, like good job, so on and so forth. Like if you lose in in the eyes of Brody Lee, there are consequences. Yep, 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 yep. That's exactly what it should be. If you lose, he takes off his suit jacket, he comes to the ring, he hits you with his finish, he walks away. End of story. Also, I, I I don't I don't really get the whole um, Brody Lee holding like whoever it is in like his finisher and like the Sister Abigail stance and know. then hitting the discus like clothesline. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I think he should be doing minimum. He should be the big boss. Only f- like you said, punish those who do not succeed. Only get involved when other when you know when no one else could do the job right. If they're in a feud with SCU, which they were, right? If they are, which which they are right now with COVID, like right. things are a little skewed, but right. they're still right. in there. Okay, so if Alex Silver and Evil Luno and Stu Grayson, if all of them go up against SCU in whatever different variations. Or Christopher Daniels. Christopher Daniels was the main guy they were feuding with. And no one can beat him. That's when he comes out, has the one-on-one, and he wins that match. He should only be wrestling when no when he has to. And he needs better yeah. ring gear. His ring gear is trash. Yeah, I mean, that goes without saying. Like, you and I discussed that his ring gear was absolutely repug. Uh, the purple with the... Uh, not trip pants, but uh, leather type pants, and then the the, the singlet top. It was like, get better ring gear. Yeah, like he had he had better ring gear as what uh, my monkey used to refer to him as the meth head from the Wyatt family, <laughs> with the sweat stained wife beater and uh, the, the 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 Wrangler denim. Yeah, excuse me. Do you remember, um, I don't know if you remember, if you played this game when you were a kid, but do you remember Streets of Rage? Do I remember? Dude, you and I were playing Streets of Rage, like, five years ago or something like that. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. So, yeah, you remember the boss of Streets of Rage 2, off. right? Huh? Wait, wait, what'd you say? Nothing. I said you and I were playing Streets of Rage in your bedroom with our pants off. Yeah, right. Exactly. But um, so you remember the the final boss from Streets of Rage two, right? Mm-hmm. The guy in the throne in the suit. Yes, you and I got beat by him like four times in a row. It was so annoying. But that's yes. who I think of when I think of Brody Lee. Okay. Like, that's what he, he should be, the dude in the chair in the suit, watching his dudes do the dirty work, and once they can't anymore, gets out of his chair, takes off his suit, you know, maybe he's wearing his, he loves wearing the, t- the tank top, so he's wearing a black tank top underneath, and that's how he fights. Black tank yeah, top, he, like, and, and like, you know, pants. But he, he, he delivers 
um, what, what, what's the, the dark, he delivers dark order justice to whoever lost that match. Right. So, so if you lost the match, you know, you're, you're, you're similar to like, uh, uh, like prisoner camps in, in wartime. If you do something bad, you don't get a meal. You get, you get beaten, you get tortured, you get this, you get that. If, if Stu Grayson and, and Evil Uno uh, lose, th- there's consequences. There has to be consequences to losing in front of Brody Lee, especially because the Exalted One has been I agree. Uh, I for agree. It. I agree. If not, then there was no. There's no reason for Brody Lee to be the Exalted One. There's no. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. He just. He's just another guy in a stable. Like there's yeah. no power role. There's no. There's no. Um, Triangle. There's no pyramid. Brody Lee's at the top, but it doesn't feel like he's at the top. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the last match, the main event, was part of the TNT Championship Tournament. Cody versus the chairman, Sean Spears. In what, in my opinion, was actually a very good match. Um, you know, you had two guys who, interestingly enough, you know, both come from when they were in their WWE days, were used as mid-carters or lower mid-carters or whatever the case is, and really showed that they have talent outside of the company. And this was, I thought, a very good display of that for both of these guys. Cody and Sean Spears had a very good match with Cody eventually coming out on top to advance in the tournament. And I I thought this was a perfectly paced, well-done main event for a regular TV show. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, again, I hate the name of the, 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 oh, the yeah, middle, yeah. That's, you that's, know, the mid-card belt. Yeah, but, um, hideous, hideous name. Sean, Sean Spears is doing more and more of a job to shed the Ty Dillinger mm-hmm. persona that he had mm-hmm. in WWE. 100%. Now, Sean Spears is no spring chicken. He, mm. He's pushing 40. Yep. So, Even said he's only wrestling so, for a few more years. Yeah, he's only got maybe, maybe five good years left in him yep. if he stays healthy. Yeah. Um, this whole uh, Sean Spears Cody thing goes back to. Uh, damn it! I don't even remember. Was it? Was it was double, double or nothing? nothing? I think it was double or nothing, wasn't it? Oh no, no, when he, when it he, was Fighter Fest. Fighter Fest when he hits him with the chair. Yes. Right. Yes. So there's there's backstory here. There's this there's small stakes at, at, like involved in this. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. I mean, uh, I'm still convinced that it's going to be Lance Archer versus Cody in the finals, and Lance Archer is going to win. Yeah, but wouldn't be surprised. For me, it's more about the journey. Like I've always said, I don't care. Like if I know the outcome, I care more about the journey. And I like I like the way they ended this match because I felt like. It was a way for Sean Spears to lose without really being punked out. So he kicks out of two crossroads, which I don't like, by the way. I really hate yeah. that they let people kick out of the crossroads. It's BS. Well, you, you and I are uh, wrestling purists where if if a guy hits their finisher or a gal hits their finisher, it's called their a finish finisher. That's, it. That's the end of the match. It's called a finisher for a reason. Uh-huh. Anyway, so Cody hits him with two... Um, with two crossroads, he kicks out. And then he puts him in the figure four. Now, 
Sean Spears does not tap out, but he's in so much pain that he lays back on his shoulders and he's pinned one, two, three. And I like that because he didn't give up. He didn't tap out. He didn't go down to the crossroads. He was just in so much pain from the figure four that he wasn't paying attention to his shoulders being down and he lost that way. I thought that's a really good way for him to lose without looking bad. I I disagree. Really? Yes. I think as a as a wrestler, you should be aware of your body at all times and to allow yourself to just lay down while the figure four is being applied and getting counted for the three um, shows that you're in that. You've never been in so much pain that you're not thinking about what you, what's going on that you you can't even think about what your body's doing? Yes and no. I mean, I'm not a wrestler, so I can't really uh, like speak to that. But for me, it's just like you should know, like, because I know I, I've, I've been in so much pain. Where if you ask me what my body was doing while I was feeling that pain, I have no idea. I don't know. Don't ask me. So I can I can buy this. I could totally buy being in. And he was in it for a while. Cody, was, he had him in the figure four. He kind of raised up to sort of do a pseudo figure eight to elevate and add more pressure. So, like, he was call in it, it for a six. minute. Let's call it a figure six. Sure. Put him in a figure six. So, like, he he was in it for a minute and was just in so much pain that he laid back and got one, two, three and didn't even realize that he got pinned one, two, three because he still tried to get out of it after the ref hit the three count. <clears throat> so, like, to me, like, I, to- I buy that. I totally get that. I mean... Would you rather him tap? Um, I would rather him lose to the first crossroads, in my opinion, but... Fair enough. Fair enough. Because you, you want to protect Cody's finisher. Yeah. If, if Sean is, is kicking out of two crossroads... It weakens your finish. Nobody kicks out of. Nobody has ever kicked out of the one wing. One winged angel. It's the most protected move in all of wrestling. Kenny busts out the one winged angel for, like, I need to win this match. Yeah, Here nothing we else go. is working. I gotta do this. Uh, I, uh, Okada. No one has kicked out of the Rainmaker before. I think they have. Hasn't no. Kenny kicked out of the Rainmaker? No. Okada has hit the Rainmaker, hit the Rainmaker, pulled them up, and they've reversed the Rainmaker, but gotcha. no one's kicked out of the Rainmaker before. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Fair enough. Protect protect their finishers. Cody's crossroads needs to be strong. Uh, uh, Hangman's Buckshot Lariat needs to be strong. These are yeah. things that need to be established as finishers. If, if Sean Spears is kicking out of two um, crossroads. crossroads and then the next week, I, I'm, I'm just improvising here, don't like actually quote me, yeah. if Cody is facing Kip Sabian, Kip Sabian kicks out of the crossroads, like, oh, like, if, if Cody hits the crossroads, like, oh, is, Kis, is Kip Sabian going to cro- uh, uh, kick out of the crossroads or not? Because yeah. it's a two crossroads to beat Sean Spears, yeah. is it going to take more to beat? It throws the crossroads into question. Like, is finish, what I'm saying. Finishers are, like, what makes finishers so exciting is when they're being set up and are being hit, 
because fans know that that's the finish, they get excited and get into the three count. If we don't know when it's going to happen, oh, he hit a crossroad. It's going to, oh, okay, three count, cool. You know what I mean? Like, I remember as a kid, the minute I saw The Rock put his arm on the other dude's shoulder and, like, I was like, oh, it's good, rock bottom. You know what I mean? Like, the minute I saw Taker set up for for the tombstone or the choke slam or the last ride, like, as soon as you see your guy set up for his move and hit it, you're already jumping up out of your seat, ready to count along with the referee, one, two, three. So when your finish is getting kicked out of regularly, it loses that. And that means that the fans lose interest in your moves. The fans lose interest in your matches. Fans lose interest in you. You don't want that. I mean, there's only one time that... uh Somebody kicked out another uh, performer's finisher where it was just Wrestle, um, it was WrestleMania, Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels in the career versus the streak. Mm-hmm. And Undertaker hits a jumping tombstone, pins Shawn Michaels, and you hit the one, two, and right before the ref hits three, Shawn kicks out, and you have the classic picture of Undertaker and yeah, yeah. just like despair finished like on his face, like. What else do I need to do to finish this guy? Right, and so like those moments should be saved for moments. For the big end of a big feud at a big show. You know, the WrestleManias, <clears throat> the Starcades, the, you know, what whatever... Wrestle day, Kingdoms. Wrestle Kingdoms. That's the only time that we should see people kicking out of these moves... And then that's when we should go, oh my god, I can't believe they kicked out. That's how big of a deal this match is. Yeah. Not on a random Wednesday night, you know? When a false finish makes sense, do it. Other than that, I protect the finisher no matter what. I'll never forget the first time I saw The Rock kick out of the stunner, and I was beside myself. I was like, what? 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 What do you mean he kicked out? What? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what that's supposed to do. That moment mm-hmm. when a wrestler's biggest rival kicks out of their biggest move on the biggest night, that's supposed to elicit a certain reaction. If it happens on a regular, weekly, free TV show, then it doesn't mean anything, and your your move doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah, I mean, when Bret Hart locks in the sharpshooter, I was like, that's it. No one gets out of the sharpshooter. It's yeah. Over. yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it's very rare that you know they, they make it to the robes or they break the sharpshooters. Mm-hmm. Like it's always it always leads to a tap. Out. Yeah. The same. The the walls used to be like that. The crippler crossface used to be like that. You know. The ankle the, the ankle, ankle lock used to be like that. It's yeah. like the, the tag mission uh, used to be like uh, moves used to be protected. Yeah. Not so much anymore. Nope. Uh, let, let's finish the night out with just a, a, a little bit from SmackDown. The Forgotten Sons get called up and they basically beat the Lucha House Party, yes. which is something you and I discussed about being happy for the Forgotten Sons. Maybe they can do something on SmackDown because they were, weren't being used on NXT. You know what? And, and it's funny because I was just thinking, I was like, hmm, can this be the one time where it's the flip reverse where they can actually get better use on the main roster than NXT? Same with Elias. Elias wasn't doing much in NXT as the Drifter. The minute he got called up, he blew up like gangbusters. Is that going to yeah. be the same for the Forgotten Sons? I really hope so, because you and I are really high on them. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know why because they're 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 subpar in the ring, but I don't know Jackson Riker. Yes, Jackson Riker. That's what you gotta say. There's just something about him that like draws me into mm-hmm. him, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. man. And I think I think they have a lot of potential. I think the Forgotten Sons have a lot of potential as a a heel trio, a dominant heel trio, but they gotta be willing to do it. Yeah. So we so we had uh, Jack, Jackson Riker and Ronson's uh, debut on SmackDown defeating the Lucha House Party. It's Sasha and, and Bailey come out uh, celebrating Bailey beating uh, five women at WrestleMania. Tamina, the goat, comes out, <laughs> challenges Bailey. Bailey basically throws Sasha to the wolves, and she's like, "Ah, you got, you gotta beat Sasha next week first before you face me." Mm. Sasha doesn't look happy, which obviously just go- is going to lead to more, uh, more uh, a more tumultuous relationship between uh, both women. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, uh, two things stand out: the Money in the Bank qualifier match, Daniel Bryan versus Cesaro next week, and them uh, SmackDown and the WWE advertising Triple H in two weeks mm-hmm. to celebrate. 25 years of burying talent. I mean, wrestling. <laughs> um, okay. Um, Triple H was never really on SmackDown. Like, he didn't want to be on SmackDown. He was only on SmackDown for a little while. He was there before the brain split. He was, he was there before what? Before the brain split. Um... Yes and no. When they had the spinner belt fill, he was still on there, but <laughs> I mean before when it was just one roster on Raw and SmackDown, he was on SmackDown all the time. Yeah. I mean the the whole um when him and DX got caught in the bear trap by Stone Cold, that happened on SmackDown. But that we're talking about like Pseudo attitude era Triple H still. I'm not. Yeah. I'm talking about like like post ruthless aggression Triple H. Well, I'm just saying. You said that he wasn't on SmackDown. I'm saying he was before they did the brand split. Everyone was on SmackDown. I wasn't on SmackDown. Time. Were you on SmackDown? Not everyone was on SmackDown. I was. I was just like you didn't see me on TV. I had shades on. <laughs> um, and, and to close out SmackDown, we had. Braun beating Shinsuke and Bray Wyatt basically challenging Braun Strowman, who, as you guys know, have history being in the Wyatt family. Braun Strowman used to be the quote unquote black sheep of the Wyatt family. I'm actually interested for this this feud. I'm not. Right. Because why do we why, why? why take the belt off of Bray just to do this? I mean, Bray wasn't supposed to have the belt regardless. So. I'm saying, so why, like, he had the belt, then he drops it to Goldberg so that Bray can get it, so that we can do this? That's dumb. Okay. Um, now what? Either like, Bray's going to lose to Braun or Braun's going to lose to Bray. Either way, it's a lose-lose. <sighs> Roman not wrestling at WrestleMania kind of threw a wrench in the plans. But I'm sure that they can 
they can build something out of this Braun versus breaking. Not smart. Not smart in my opinion. I think it's really and, and why not? Like I said, because either you're going to either Bray has to win to reestablish himself, or Braun has to win because they're trying to establish him as a credible champion. They keep saying Braun might never lose his championship. He's so dominant. He's so big. He's so strong. He's so this. He's a monster among men. You know, he may never lose the championship ever again until he retires. Blah blah blah. But then, what? He's gonna drop it to Bray, and all that means nothing. Whoever loses this match, this feud rather, is like, it's a mistake. They should never, this feud should not happen. They Braun are both was never their end game, right so like, they don't care about Braun being champion. They, they, their end game was for Roman to beat Goldberg at WrestleMania, and that's it. But they're so hyping maybe, up Braun right now. On TV, the announcers are hyping up Braun. So they're trying to legitimize him through the commentators. So if he loses now, you're shooting yourself in the foot. It doesn't make any sense. Fans are still backing Bray, though. Everyone is still backing Bray for... And Braun's supposed to be uh, a face, even worse. Again, what is the point? Why not... You don't need to have Bray versus Braun right now. Have Braun face somebody else that the fans can get behind Braun winning against. I don't. I, I don't see the rush. I don't see the rush. But who? I don't you know. Have Bron, you have Braun face Shinsuke this week, right? Yeah. There's no legitimate heel on the roster that is believable enough to like, oh man, maybe he could beat Braun Strowman, you know? Except the Fiend, because he's got that uh, oh, uh, Firefly Funhouse magic. I think it's a mistake. I just think it's a mistake. I think. I mean, right neither, now, I don't think either one of these two characters can afford a loss right now. Absolutely, you're, you're not wrong with that. I, I 100% agree with you. Neither character can afford losing clean. Especially because what's the point? Especially because Bray just finished beating or not beating or I don't know what you want to call the. Firefly Funhouse match between him and um, and John Cena. He just finished beating John Cena, and John Cena tweeted out earlier this week, like something to the effect that like the show must go on. So is John Cena like did did Bray Wyatt retire John Cena? You know, like we don't know. Bray's trying to recover from being essentially squashed by Goldberg, and Braun is trying to. Establish himself as a dominant, dominant main eventer. Because I mean, let's face it. I don't think of Braun as a dominant main eventer. He could have been about a year or two ago. They had the yeah, chance, but, but a year or two ago is a different story. Exactly. No, no yeah, you're, he just came off of a feud with the Artist Collective. Like that's. You know where he dropped where he dropped the IC title to to, to Sami um, Zayn. Sami Zayn, thank you. I remember. I forgot his name. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
but I, uh, I, I guess that, that that wraps up the 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 recap and review of our show. So let's let's do what we do, because you know, in professional wrestling, there are good things. You mean seeds? Excuse me, good seeds. And there are, of course, bad seeds. But at the end of the day, they all help to contribute to the tree, to the garden, to the forest that is professional wrestling. So let's talk good seeds, bad seeds. I definitely know my good seed. good seed. I know my good seed. Please, please inform us on your good seed, sir. The freedom of the revival. Easily. Okay. Easily. Okay. Do you have a bad seed? Um, I'm going to say, I don't know, man. This is, you know what? I'll I'll go with the Braun versus Bray feud because I think it's wow. I think it's too soon. I think it's a mistake. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so for my good seed, I will go. Oh, not much to choose from here. For my good seed, I will go the six women ladder match from NXT. Okay, fair enough. I was thoroughly entertained watching that. Mm hmm. For my bad seed, ooh, there's so much to choose from here. <laughs> so your bad seed was Braun and Bray, which I don't agree with, but I respect your opinion. Mm-hmm. I will stick with NXT, okay. and I will choose Gargano versus Ciampa, Blackheart versus Rebel Heart, the final time. Okay. One hour... I don't know what fest. So I thought of that too, but because I didn't actually get to watch the whole thing, I didn't think it'd be fair for me to give it to them. So oh, lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, I'm giving it to the Blackheart versus the Rebel Heart. One more time, last time, only time. Here we go. <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> Oh, God. You, you know boring. in like six months they're going to have another match, right? Oh, absolutely. They're going to have a match on SmackDown. Yep. Just like, remember the uh, Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens for the last time? And then like two months later, they were in another match together? No, it was like uh, in TNA where it was like AEW versus Triple X and Six Sides of Steel. And the losing tag team can never team again. But then there was some circumstance where Elix Skipper and Christopher Daniels teamed up. Exactly. Uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, kick rocks. I don't care. <laughs> uh, anyway, folks, that's going to do it for this week's episode. As always, you've been listening to us on SoundCloud.com slash Grapples Apples. That's Grapples, the number two apples. If you don't like SoundCloud, you got Google Play Music, you got Apple Podcasts. It doesn't matter where you're listening as long as you're listening. Don't forget to check out our social media pages. That's Facebook.com and Twitter.com slash Grapples Apples. Again, that's Grapples, the number two apples. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Do whatever you got to do to put us in as many eyes and ears as humanly possible because we need it and we appreciate it and we love it. As always, I've been one of your hosts, Ill Will the Thrill, the Poetarian, Shakespearean candidate, Major English, whatever you need me to be, that's who I be because baby, that's who I is. Joined 
remotely practicing social distance by my main man on the phone. The man of the hour. The man with the power. Too damn sweet to be sour. Cream of the crop, rise to the top. Your boy, Shades. Don't forget to check us out this week, next week, and every other week. Because an apple a day keeps the bad wrestling away. Peace. Peace and love.